All right. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Saturday, everybody. Happy Saturday. Praise the Lord. Oh, you know, basically, this uh, reading from James, pretty well, some, I could just say this one sentence and I could be done with my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? It's from the book of James. James 3 8, it says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Oh, the tongue is such a devastating weapon that we have. And the deal is, is that Christians, you know, how many of us deal with drama in our lives? Oh. <laughs> Probably. I think it'd be better off if you asked. You don't even oh. want to know. <laughs> Right, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is that we as Christians should never have to deal with drama. There are many ways that drama can start. I mean, it could be by gossiping, it could be by slander, it can be by hate. Um, you know, God hates fighting between Christians, but Christians are usually not in drama. Now, if we, you know, the thing about it is drama is we get ourselves sucked into it and don't even realize it. And this is when we really need to think out of the box and say, okay, I'm done with this. I don't want any more drama in my life. So now we have to ask ourselves the question, how do we get out of that drama? How do we not allow ourselves to be sucked into the drama of our friends and relatives around us? <laughs> Live in a bubble. Well, that's not realistic. And granted, you know, we don't live in a perfect world. And unfortunately, there are many people out there who profess to be Christians, but they're the ones who deal with drama inside the church and make Christianity look bad. We're instructed to stay away from drama, stay away from conflict. Don't listen to gossip. If someone insults you, hey, repay them with prayer. Don't argue with friends and create drama, but instead kindly and gently talk to each other. Now, we know in the real world that some people will always think that their way is right. And that no matter what you say, no matter what you say, you're wrong. And the thing about it is, you're not going to change their mind. Okay? You're not going to change your mind. They're stuck in that way. It's their drama. They have to live with themselves. So, it comes down to us. We have to adjust ourselves so that we don't get sucked into their drama. And that, of course, is a challenge. Now, you got to realize that drama just doesn't walk into our life out of nowhere. We don't create it. We don't invite it or associate with people that bring it in. Some people create their own storms and then get mad when it rains. <laughs> Don't waste time on what's not important. You know, not, not, not everything is important. We may think it is, but in the real scope of things, 30 years from now when we're six feet in the ground, it ain't going to matter, is it? All the drama we create, all the stress we put on our lives will mean absolutely nothing. Don't waste time on things that are not important. Don't get sucked into the drama. Get with it. Don't dwell on the past. Be the big person. Be generous of spirit. Be the person you admire. 
Galatians 5 says this, But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Or perhaps 1 Corinthians 3, 3 says, For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. Being humans that we are, oh yes, it's, it's a challenge because of the flesh, because of the tongue, because of our brain, because of the people we associate with. Those are such challenges each and every day in our lives. And sometimes, maybe, we need to mind our own business. <gasps> Ooh, what did I just say? <gasps> mind our own business. Now, you know, really, God says that in the Bible. Yep. You know, and one of the interesting things, and this is what I was talking about earlier, is King Josiah. He made a fatal mistake by not minding his own business. Okay, what about King Josiah? He reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. He actually became king when he was 8 years old. At the age of 16, the Bible says, he began to seek the Lord seriously. He began to seek the God of David, and he began purging Jerusalem of all the idols and craved images. I mean, he was really doing a great job. One of the best kings in Israel's history was King Josiah. And you can read all about it in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. He gives his record. He kept the Passover in Jerusalem. He appointed priests to their offices and encouraged them to the service of the house of God. He put the ark in the temple that Solomon built. He cut down the altars of Baal, and he presented himself when those men cut those altars of Baal down, the Bible says. He told the priests, Consecrate yourselves and prepare for your brothers to do according to the word of the Lord of Moses. The singers, the sons of Asaph, were under Josiah's leadership in Israel. And the Bible says there was no Passover like it that had been kept in Israel since the days of Solomon of Samuel the prophet. Wow! He was really into God. But you know what? He had a major mistake. One big misstep cost him his life. What did Josiah do? He didn't mind his own business. This is where the story gets interesting. It's kind of like Proverbs 26, 17 says, Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. So what did King Josiah do? He began meddling in the affairs that were not his. He began to pick a fight with a dog, but the dog didn't want to fight him, but he picked the fight and the dog had to fight him, is kind of what they're saying. Chronicles says after Josiah prepared the temple, he heard about Necho, the king of Egypt, who was going to war with someone over near the Euphrates River. And it wasn't Josiah's business. It's not his battle. He doesn't have a bone to pick. Israel's welfare is not at stake, but he couldn't leave it alone. 
Josiah goes out to meet Nico, basically to pick a fight when Nico wasn't coming to Israel. And the Bible says Nico sent messengers to Josiah. They said, What do we have to do with you, O king? What do we have to do with each other? I'm not coming against you this day, but someone else. Listen, I'm in a hurry. Stop, because God is with me, lest he destroy you. And here was Josiah's mistake. The Bible says, Nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him, and he did not listen to the words of Nico from the mouth of God, but instead he came to fight. And the archers shot Josiah, and he died and was buried. And the Bible says, All of Jerusalem and all of Judea mourned for Josiah, and, and Jeremiah the prophet laminated his death. Nico was saying, what is it to you? You worship Jehovah. What is it that, what is that to you? This isn't your fight. You're not called to meddle here. How many times do we have people around us that like to meddle into somebody else's business? We live in Pierpont. <laughs> we live in Pierpont. And this is such an interesting story in itself. I put the, the chapters in, in, your, uh, uh, in your bulletin there. You can go and read the, the story of uh, Josiah. This basically pretty well sums everything up. And it's just so interesting that King Josiah did so many wonderful things and was in, in one with God. But yet, he couldn't leave it alone. He had to pick a fight and he lost his life. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says, and to, make your ambition to, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as you were told. And 1 Peter 4.15, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even a meddler. Oh, we know people that like to meddle in other people's business, don't we? <coughs> There's all kinds of them out there. They like to meddle in our own business. And, you know, there's just times when we just have to say, sorry, I'm, I'm done with this conversation. I don't want anything to do with it because I'm not here to pick a fight with you. But they're going to act like Josiah and continue to try to meddle into your business. Now, another interesting thing is how many times have we heard this? I heard a rumor. I'm like, but don't tell anybody. Okay. I'm going to tell you the secret, but don't tell anybody. Okay? I heard this rumor, but don't tell anybody. Okay? Shh. How many times have we heard that? I find it so interesting that I will say that to you, and then I'll say it to you. What's, what's the secret, though? There is no secret. You're telling the whole world about it. God. I don't tell each other secrets, do we, Nancy? Never. You know, gossip is such an easy sin to commit because it has so many forms. There's venting, there's spreading rumors, there's sharing opinions, there's seeking advice. How thrilling is it to hear a tidbit about someone that the rest of the world may not know about? Little do you know that probably the rest of the world does know about it. Already, yeah. Or perhaps the same line keeps 
you know, going on between us two people and it's not really a secret. And, you know, the thing about gossip is it divides relationship. It destroys trust. And the pain associated with gossip is felt long, long after the words have been spoken. Remember, someone who is gossiping to you is probably gossiping about you as well. You know, just because I'm telling you a secret about somebody, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to tell them a secret about you. And that's how gossip is. People, when people gossip, there's no holds bars. They will gossip about anything and about anyone. Or, I should say, everyone. <laughs> Proverbs 16.28 says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Oh yeah, when you're hooked up into gossip, when you're hooked into lying, you can't get enough. You continue on to continue on. You're sucked into it. Titus 3.10 says, for a, As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, now listen to this. I'm going to start over in three, Titus 3.10. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, what does it say to do? Have nothing to do with him. Hmm. Do we do that? Or do we like to still hang around? Maybe we just like to hear the news. Maybe we like to hear the gossip. That's not right. We shouldn't be listening for it. I know when somebody tells me something, I just let it go of my brain cells. And if I think it's kind of a not quite true, I will go ask the person. So I can get it right from the, excuse the terminology, Horse. horse's mouth. Find out if it really is true or not. A couple more Bible verses to think about. Ephesians 4.29 don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And I like this one from Proverbs 26, 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. So you put wood in the fire, it flames it up. You keep on gossiping, it keeps on firing up. You, you don't put any more wood in the fire, the fire dies down, you don't gossip anymore, and it's just simply going to go away. Sometimes, people will talk about lying. And lying is a temptation that so many people struggle with. And you know, sometimes it's easier for us to lie out of a situation than to admit the truth. But rarely does lying have a positive result. It often hurts, mistrust, and an endless cycle of more lies. What I find interesting about lying, if you keep on lying, you don't know where, what the truth is. You, won't, you can't keep up with your own lies. Exactly. And you're going to forget what you told somebody, and you tell a different lie. If you tell the truth, it's always the same, isn't it? But if you start lying, pretty soon you get yourself caught up in a lie. 
And pretty soon it's like, okay, what story did I tell now? And who did I tell what to? <laughs> yeah, who did I tell what to? Exactly. Lying is not good. It's horrible. Colossians 3 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the Creator. After all, remember... Who is the father of all lies? John eight forty four. For you are the children of your father the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning and a hater of truth. There is not an <coughs> iota of truth in him. When he lies, it is perfectly normal, for he is the father of liars. The devil likes to stir things up. And there's nothing that the devil loves more. Yeah, he's like the old witch. <laughs> I'm going to brew up here today in my little pot of lies, in my little pot of slander, in my little pot of gossip. Oh, yes. We can have all kinds of things coming up. Now, now this is shocking. Some years ago, there was a study done on indicating that the average person lies 25 times a day. Wow. It's like, how is that possible? How can an average person lie 25 times a day? We're talking about the average person. Is that like saying, I'm fine and you're really not? <laughs> exactly. That's one of them. I remember a professor at college, he... Uh, one of the kids that was really cold outside and stormy, and one of the kids came along and says, how are you doing today, professor? And the professor stopped the kid right in his tracks, and he told him all the bad things that was going on wrong with him that day. You want to ask the question? I'll give you the answer. I'll give you the truth. I'm not going to lie about it. So, how... you can do? What, not, the, fine on th not on fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let them figure it out. <laughs> You know, so it's like, how can a person lie 25 times a day? Well, okay, here's the situation. Maybe a father comes home after a long day's work. And the family's sitting down to relax at supper time. The phone rings. The phone is for the father. It's a telemarketer. And the father says, tell him I'm not here. There's a lie right there, isn't it? Tom, I'm not here. Uh, I'm sorry, but my dad's not here right now. Well, no, we just had two lies, didn't we? The dad told him, tell him he's not here. And the son who's telling the telemarketer his dad's not here. So we got lie upon lie going on. Hopefully Christians don't get into that type of a trap, but the average person does. Now, According to one poll, the majority of people interviewed said that they have lied and would do it again, either to protect themselves or to keep from hurting someone else's feelings. How often have we lied to protect somebody else's feelings? I could tell you <laughs> one thing. Jesus meant no words. John the Baptist meant no words. He told it the way it was. Did the scribes and Pharisees like it? Absolutely not. Now, Jesus could have lied and said, Oh, 
you know, just to make them feel happy, but he wasn't concerned about their feelings. He's more worried about their salvation. So Jesus always told the truth. Likewise, we should always tell the truth. Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. The sad thing about it is that most people have no problem lying. That doesn't bother them at all. They, they will just do it. It might get them out of trouble. If they tell the truth, they might get into trouble. So it's just easier to lie about it. One writer has defined a lie as a coward's way of getting out of trouble. Why go through the bother of, of having trouble when you can lie about it and keep yourself clean? Hmm, that's kind of a contradiction in itself. Proverbs 19.9 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. And Ephesians 4.25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. For Christians, for us beings, who we are, one thing about revenge it's never good. And it's not what we should do. Period. Peter echoes the teaching of Jesus as well as that of Paul in making it perfectly clear that those in Christ, those set apart to a new purpose, are not allowed to, quote-unquote, get even. They are not supposed to get even. First Peter 3.9 says it absolutely perfectly. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Peter is writing to a group of believers who are likely experiencing both physical harm and insults for their faith in Christ. The way of the world and our normal human impulse is to strike back the same hurtful treatment that we received. It's kind of like the snake. The snake will strike out at you and try to get you. Proverbs 20.22 says, Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord and He will avenge you. And Paul says basically the same thing in Romans 12, 17. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. You know, knowing and doing are two different things. Very different. We know we're not supposed to do it. But we get sucked into the society. We get sucked into this world. We get sucked in by our friend, what we call as our friends, and we get ourselves into trouble. What often happens is that when the moment comes and we are confronted with an opportunity to repay insult with blessing, we're unprepared. We're not ready for it. It catches us off guard, and we strike back like a snake because we want to avenge. We just respond naturally, which is to fight back and we're, when we're caught off guard. So, 
How can we not do that? Now, this is kind of an interesting thought. Your next action is to step yourself up and get excited to do God's will in this area. Okay, how are we going to do that? All right, every morning when you get up, get generally pumped up about the possibility that someone's going to be a jerk to you today. <laughs> You're going to get all excited. Did you work at Walmart? <laughs> you get all excited. You're going to wake up in the morning and say, yes, somebody's going to be mad at me today. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Get fired up when you have the opportunity to turn the other cheek and respond in a way that will shock someone. Actively think about this every single morning and eventually when that does happen, you're going to be able to respond positively back and not strike at them. It is so easy to strike back. And I know people drive us crazy. Especially if you're in, uh, in the stores. And people just do the dumbest things. And just there's some people out there who are idiots. Colonel do stupid. <laughs> but at the same time, even though those people are out there, don't fall into their trap. Just smile, be nice to them, and let them be on their way. That's what we have to do. First Thessalonians 5.15 says... See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Oh, yes. This is so exciting. This is so much fun. We love our fellow Americans. We love our fellow Christians. We love, we love everybody around us. It's just that not everybody loves us. And so we are challenged each and every day by those people who think they are better than us, by those people who think they know more than us, by those people who think they have more money than us. And we have to also watch out that we don't um, talk about other people as well, whether it be for us or for somebody else. We have to, we have to basically step up to the plate. And we're going to be there. And we're going to hit a Grand Slam home run. And we're going to go to the first base and we're going to be honorable. We're going to go to the second base and we're going to show love. We're going to go to the third base and show them what respect is all about. And we're going to get home and say, yes, God loves me. God loves me. And it will not matter what anybody said. You know, I have basically come to the conclusion in life, I don't care what people think about me anymore. I used to, you know, I used to be one of these individuals that always bothered me when people, what do people think about me? What do they say about me? I don't care anymore. Why? I'm only concerned about one person. And that's God. What does God think about me? That's the only person I need to please. I don't need to please any of you out there. I don't need to please my friends, my co-workers. I'll do my, I'll do my best to work with them and be with them. But if you're looking for me to bend over backwards and lie about things and be a cheat and gossip and all that other good stuff, no. Because God doesn't want me to do that. He doesn't want you to do that. God wants us to be honorable. He wants us to get a Grand Slam home run. 
All right, just a few more verses here to think about. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Hmm, interesting. How about Proverbs 20.19? Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with the simple babbler. <laughs> Some of these Proverbs are, are funny, but so true, so very true. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In Proverbs twenty one twenty three, <laughs> this is a good one. I love Proverbs. <laughs> Whoever keeps his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. <laughs> if we keep our mouth and our tongue in place, we're gonna not gonna get into trouble, are we? <clears throat> I don't know who who wrote Proverbs anyway. That, that's uh, I'm not sure. I'd have, the David right? These these proverbs are just absolutely astonishing and great and wonderful. I personally should look that up to see who the great author of Proverbs is because it's it's really uh, doesn't say, huh? Hmm. Maybe somebody just put together a good collection of sayings that are really God-worthy and trustworthy. It just says, here are Proverbs that will help you recognize wisdom and good advice and understanding. <laughs> well, that's about, that's pretty well. All right, well, that's, whoever wrote it did a terrific job. That's all I can say. All right, I'm going to close with some. And for now. <laughs> Psalm 41. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. By, but do not, give up, do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies say of me in malice, when, when will he die and his name perish? And when one comes to see me, he utters empty words, while his heart gathers inequity. When he goes out, he tells it abroad. All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They say a deadly thing is poured out of him. He will not rise again from where he lies. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout and triumph over me. But you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. 
Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. Amen. As far as I can figure out here, it's King Solomon. King Solomon? Yeah, probably be pretty close. Yeah, he was a wise old man. He was a Solomon. <laughs> yep. Okay, so Solomon, King Solomon. That makes perfectly because he's supposed to, he was a wise, wise king. So, well, he did a terrific job. That's all I can say. Those, those proverbs are they hit the nail right on the head. And they were written back then, but yet, oh, so many of them, you know, if you stop and think about, it, we we can use today. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Proverbs is great. The whole Bible is great, though, right? Yep, right. Absolutely. Not just part of it, but the whole Bible. Because God is great and awesome. The many people who wrote the Bible had a good leader. No, had a great leader. And that was through God Almighty. Amen. Well, I, well, I